From in the beginning to the musical apocalypse, this is The Bible Says What. I'm your host, Mike Wiseman. Who made the trees? Vishnu creates and destroys the universe with every breath. Brahma, created by Vishnu, created all life by separating the petals of a lotus flower. Zoroaster, a human living in ancient Middle East, received a vision in which a spiritual entity told him that there was only one deity. And this deity's name is Ahura Mazda. Ahura created all life as we know it. Ra created himself and then created life using his voice or tears in some versions. All of these other creator deities predate the Jewish stories of Yahweh. There are many similarities and differences between each civilization and each era of belief. The basics of it are there is chaos or nothingness and a being of great power comes along and quiets the storm, separates the waters and creates beings to live in the resulting paradise. The trick is there is always a malevolent force or being that mucks things up, making life not as perfect as the creator deity had anticipated. These are ancient stories told in an effort to explain the beginning of the universe and life. Judaism and Christianity are simply variations of the beliefs that came before them. Let's start the show. Is there anything in the Bible that you yourself have an issue with? <laughs> Okay, so it took you reading the Bible to realize that those things were bad for you? Yeah, it actually did. I, I didn't figure this out on your own? No, Ted, Ted Bundy could be redeemed. God doesn't kill children. Does, what do you think the Passover was? Yahweh sets up a whole system in the Old Testament where you slaughter animals just so he's able to forgive you. Today's special guest is Christian podcaster and author Dustin Heiner. Welcome to the show, Dustin. Hey, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super pumped to be on the show with you. When I found out about your show and I was got to listen to a couple episodes, got your book and everything, I was like, man, this is going to be great to, to talk about this. So I'm super pumped to be here. Awesome, man. I'm ecstatic. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Oh, yeah. So, well, really what it boils down to, I'm an investor. Uh, so I invest in real estate or rental properties. And uh, I'll fast forward to the very end. When I was 37 years old, I was blessed to be able to quit my job because I had so many rental properties that I literally didn't need to work. I had 30 plus properties, every one of them making me $250 or more in passive income so that I didn't have to work. And then, um, but I'll quickly go into a little bit of the story. Um, the, in a nutshell, I was taught just like we are all taught that we need to go to school, get good grades, then go to college, get good grades, get in thousands of dollars in a debt, and then take that piece of paper they give you as a degree. Mm -hmm. And then you go and try to find a career. Well, I did that. And I eventually, I'll fast forward the story because it's a long, longer story, but we got a lot more to talk about. Um, when my wife had our fourth child, I went on paternity leave. That's where the, you know, dad stays home with the baby, changes diapers and all that good stuff. All that so, fun stuff. Yeah. So after about two weeks, I went back to work. And on a Friday, that same week that I get back to work, at a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like the top dog says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I was like, oh, what's going on? I've seen plenty of movies. This isn't good. Yeah. Again, like there's a longer story, but I'll fast forward the story. Um, I went to my, uh, went to the boss's office. His door was closed. His secretary is looking at me and says, sheepishly grins and says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And because she's trying to console me with her eyes and trying to, you know, be cordial with me because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing. <laughs> so I go and take a seat. And as I sit there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead mm. gets all sweaty because the weight of everything, like I'm probably going to get laid off right now, mm. is hitting me. And then I started realizing if I don't have a job, like, like all this time working towards this, you know, that career, is was that a waste of my life? Yeah. And then... If I can't feed my family, does that make me a failure as a father, as a husband trying to provide for his family? Well, again, I'll keep moving through the story. My yeah. boss's door opens up and out walks a lady with a piece of paper in her hands. Coworker of mine, noticeably distraught, noticeably upset, not necessarily crying, but mm. you could tell the world's been rocked. Mm. She passes by me 
And then my boss says, Dustin, would you please come in the office? And I said, sure. And I get up and I get laid off. And mm. this is the government. I'm working for a local county government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but I did. So the reason why I tell the story was that <laughs> that was what catapulted me into realizing this whole career path, it, yeah. it was, it, it's taken away. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. Fast forward again. Mm. I, I was blessed to get another job in a, the same county, a different department that wasn't going through budget problems and started buying property after property, real estate investing. And eventually I had enough properties that mm. I didn't have to work. Fast yeah. forward the story, went to my new boss, good boss and everything. And I said, hey, boss, I'm laying you off. Like, here's your layoff notice, your two weeks notice. <laughs> so he said, Dustin, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't have to do anything. I have real estate that makes me money without working. Now, fast forward again, I uh, quit my job when I was 37 mm. years old. And in doing that, I had so many people asking me, well, Dustin, like, how do you not work? And I said, well, I own real estate, friends, family members, people from church and all that sort of stuff. And hmm. they would say, the second question always comes, can you show me? Yeah. So fast forward again, I started teaching friends and family members. And then I realized it takes a lot of time to teach people one-on-one. -on -one. So I wrote my own book, hmm. wrote a book, and then started a podcast, started a YouTube channel because I didn't really need to work. I just enjoyed talking to people. Fast forward now, I have two podcasts, hmm. one successfully unemployed, which is where I interview awesome people who are already successfully unemployed, yeah. meaning found another way to make money outside of working for somebody else. But then I also have the master of passive income. That's my podcast, YouTube channel. That's where I just give away so much free coaching on how to invest in real estate. So that's how I'm podcasting. That's how we met I mean, through podcasting. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah it's just a, a blessing to be a part of this, like, or on this journey. Yeah. And now we get to be on a podcast because I don't have to work. So this is great. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. Hey, um, thanks. That's amazing. Uh, we all wish we could be there. Maybe I'll listen to your podcast and, and um, you know, get some tips. That's totally. awesome. So let's dive into the, uh, the other aspect of it. You have another book out. Uh, there's another one. Uh, Remind me what it's called. Something about marriage. Lasting marriage. That's the one. That's yeah. The one. So what inspired you to write that book? Oh, uh, so I wrote the book, Lasting Marriage. And what it is, it's a biblical understanding of what marriage is and how God designed marriage. And what happened was I was at church. I was leading a Sunday school class. And we, we talked predominantly about marriage, how to make marriage mm. better. And um, I had so much content from teaching. I said, I've already written a couple books. Let me just put it all into a book. So I made, turned it yeah. into a book. And what I really realized was as I was writing the book was that the world, or at least what we're always understanding to uh, basically what in the world that as we live, we see marriages get worse, or at least huh. we're told uh, you're, you have a ball and chain now and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and so I was like, man, I'm like my marriage is getting better. At least yeah. it feels like it's getting better and better and better. And I, as I read the Bible, it doesn't seem like God said marriage will get worse. No, he just said you keep doing the right way and it should get better. So huh. fast forward with that book, the premises of the book is marriage should get better over time. And as I read the Bible and understand the Bible, God has prescribed it to, to be a certain way where, you know, there's a lot of things we get into, but yeah, yeah. in the end, it's going to be getting better if you try to glorify God with your life, with your marriage, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's how that book came about. Gotcha. So just so I clarify here, the marriage the right way is glorifying God through the marriage. Yes, with a caveat that your life is to glorify God. That's what that's in, in, in essentially what we're supposed to do individually. But uh -huh. then when you become married, you be, the Bible says you become one flesh. I know you read the Bible. You know lots about the Bible. A little bit. It says bit. You, become, <laughs> you become one flesh and you mm. become one person. Mm -hmm. And so with that, now you, both of your lives are to glorify God. And in the way that he said to, you know, basically the, the roles for a wife, the roles for a husband and things like that. If you live in those, it's going to get mm. better and better, at least over, over time it's supposed to roles yeah roles i love that topic that's a good topic i kind of want to get into the the glory do you need to answer that door no i don't my fa I don't, i'm like why in the world my doorbell never goes off so this is just weird it's but okay. anyways it's all the fun of the show man we get all kinds of crazy stuff on here lawnmowers doorbells um so the uh the glorifying god part this is the part um one of my major issues one of my major you know problems here is why, why does, sorry, first tough question right off the bat here. Why does God need so much glory? Why does uh, he want it? Why does he seek it? That's a, 
That's a great question. Well, in the end, what it really comes down to is he created everything. Uh-huh. So in, and this is an easy way to explain it, easy way to stand it, understand it for me, yeah. is if God created everything, uh-huh. and he, the Bible says that he created it for his own glory, we as creation should glorify God. That's what his desire was. Now, I know what, and obviously reading your book, I kind of get your, where you're going with this, which I completely understand. Yeah. Um, if God is like, is he an arrogant God? Is he a prideful God? Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. And I would say if that is his way, I would not necessarily that is, but if his ultimate goal is to get glory from the things that he created that love him, when you think of glory, it also comes from us loving him, not putting anything else as an idol uh-huh. to, or like, like uh, above him, like having something else that takes away from our glory. Same thing, and a very, very bad analogy, like your kids. You want your kids to love you. Same yeah. thing, your creation. God wants his creation to love him hmm. and bring him glory in the sense. That's where it comes out to. See, I, I understand that a little bit. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's it's when it goes a little further than that. It's when it goes to the praise, the worship, the the, the bowing down, the the subservience, the the accepting any order, no matter what. That's that's the level of where Christians are at, where most Christians are at, and and that's very confusing to me. And and you you did touch on the egotistical part of the God to want that kind of glory. So all of those things combined into one are 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 more of an issue. So the worship part. So why would you as a father? want praise and worship i mean i don't i mean if my kids respect me that's great i don't like demand it though like ah you have so, to respect me you know what i mean yeah no i get that now let me ask you a question yeah is it wrong for god to want that is it wrong for it's wrong for god to want that and then tell everybody else if they want it they're bad that's but, what's the wrong part oh, okay so if but wh- where do we get that sense of what's right or wrong? I mean, is there like it seems like morality eventually uh-huh. ends up in there? Like it seems like you have to have make a judgment call. Like if if there you know with God saying this is right, this is wrong. You should uh-huh. worship me. Don't do this. Don't do that. Um, do do this. Then there has to be a right and wrong. Is there morality? I mean, that's that's what I eventually start tracking get to. Yeah. Is it seems like there has to be a right and wrong if we're saying that something is right or something is wrong. Is there morality? Like, is there a right and wrong? There is, well, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. And I love that question that often comes to me, but I want to throw that back at you just a little bit is, is where are you getting your moral morality from? Is it from the God of the Bible? Because if it's from the God of the Bible, it's kind of wishy-washy on what's good and bad. I mean, we can stone disobedient children to death, but don't kill. And we don't don't murder, you know, don't don't covet, but do this. And it's like it's 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 very wishy-washy to me as far as that goes. Totally. No, yeah. I, I understand that, especially when like in the old testament you have a lot more of like the quote unquote like stoning of this thing or this thing happened, like like the Pharisees go to Jesus and say, Jesus, this woman was literally caught in the act of adultery. The law says you yeah. must stone her. Well, at the same time, Jesus say, did not say that that's not true. Don't do that. But he said, whichever one of you have basically are without sin. If you've never sinned, then you have the option. Like you could literally go right ahead. Like, you know, so stop give me the rock. Let this me throw it at her. In other words. Well, obviously I'm the Jesus only one didn't. Here without sin. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, but he, you're hundred percent right. He is. Yeah. Well, but on top of that, he uh-huh. says, he says to her, well, where are they? Where are they? Who is that? You know, who's that there? That's going to condemn you. She said, no one. And she says, neither do I, you go and sin no more. Mm. So he wants us to not sin, to not do wrong. But getting back to the question of where I get my morals, I look at, because I'll be completely honest, I was an atheist. I literally was an atheist. Wow. And I believe, I believe there was no God. Yeah, pretty, pretty. (laughs) That's why I was like, man, I got to read his book. I want to see, like, I probably had (laughs) the exact same thoughts. So... I literally was an atheist growing up. I was raised in a pagan household and mm. I mean, not pagan, like the oh, term okay. pagan. It's just non-believer or somebody gotcha, who does gotcha. not believe. Heretics. And I said, heathens. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> then I just said, you know what? There has, they can't be a God because of all this evil, you know, all these other you know thoughts came in my head. And so that's why I want to read your book. Cause it's probably along the same mm. lines. Um, and so as I started going down that path of believing that there's no God, started questions started coming up like, well, if there's no God, why would I not 
really like, is it survival of the fittest? Like, is it just Darwinian type of thinking? All that sort of stuff came into mind. And I thought, well, if it's survival of the fittest, man, that's, that's, that's really bad considering you'd like literally go and kill somebody, take all their stuff. And it's, there's no right or wrong about that. It's just nature. It's just animal instincts. And so with that got me starting to think, man, that just doesn't sound right. Maybe there's something else. So I'll pause. You probably have something you want to say. That's that's what got me going down that path. Man, you're my favorite interlocutor. That's, this is awesome. So (laughs) (laughs) I totally lost my train of thought now. Damn it. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Continue on where you're going. Got it. Yeah. So what I was saying was with morality, like thinking of Darwinian and being like, is a killer be killed? That's what yeah, it was. Survival okay, yeah. of the fittest. Survival yeah, of the fittest. So, so go when ahead. we get into when we get into the whole the Old Testament, Yahweh's very quick to just wipe people out. He has no just qualms about it. These people are worshiping other gods. Let's wipe them out, right? And th- that this is the guy that you're getting your morals from, who wants to wipe people out who aren't worshiping him. I am a, am a human being, a flawed human being who do not, I do not get my morals from that guy. I get my morals from experience, society empathy and common sense those were where my morals come from experience society empathy and common sense all that combined tells me one thing it's good to do less harm with all of that now that's not what i see as far as the bible he causes all kinds of harm we've got habakkuk he tells us he sends people just to cause harm to people who aren't listening to him he raises up a whole group of people it's like holy cow so I, I don't see the cause less harm part there. I see a lot of jealousy, egotisticalness, um, um, hatred, a lot of hatred in there. Just, it just uh, the unconditional love part really, really doesn't add up when you add hell into the um, the mixture there. So no, as a I, father, I, I, we can both ahead. say there's nothing I wouldn't do to stop my children from burning alive forever. Nothing I wouldn't do. But the God of the Bible... For me, in, in, in this case, as an atheist, he hasn't come down. He hasn't said hello. He hasn't shown up. He hasn't sent me an, uh, an email. Nothing. He sends other people. He sends Christians to talk to me, apparently. But that doesn't work. That's not convincing enough. I, I mean, Saul had a whole moment where he, Jesus came down. Kind of getting off topic here. But the whole the whole point is that the survival of the fittest part, it doesn't really add up when you when you read the Bible. Because that's what Jesus or Yahweh does, is survival of the fittest, survival of the the, the ones that love him and worship him and, sca- and are scared of him. Those but are the survivors. I, I get that. But who's to say which that's killing somebody's right or wrong? You said, we'll just jump into one specific one. Yeah. Um, society. Yeah. So what if society didn't believe that it was wrong to kill people, but it was mm. absolutely right, which as you're saying, like in the Old Testament, they were told to stone people. Well, if society is saying, go ahead and do that, like it's yeah. like you just literally need to do that. Is how do you use society? Like, how is that a barometer or like a gauge to do that? It's part of the whole. It's part of the whole. So I've got the four things: society, experience, empathy, and common sense. So when society fails to recognize what is right, such as the Nazis or the uh mm, I'm not gonna say it. So as far as the Nazis go, um, I would rely on my others, my empathy, my common sense, and my experience. My experience is that I don't want to die. My experience is that I don't want my family to die. My experience is that I don't want my friends and the people I love and other people, I don't want them to die. So that would be part of my experience. And if society says it's okay to kill, my experience, my empathy, and my common sense would kick in and go, no, that's not right. So, but you're also relying on empathy, which which is to go mm-hmm. with one. Empathy, we don't want somebody to die, but what if somebody mm-hmm. else doesn't have your compass, you know, your empathy compass, yeah, your, yeah, yeah. but they have a completely different one. Like you said, with like just say Nazi Germany, or just yeah. we'll use Hitler yeah. as the ultimate evil. Like that, like, like <laughs> wow, not? he was so bad. But like his empathy is no, it's actually good for me to kill these Jews because right. it helps them out. Like this is good. But like he doesn't like society. He was training society to go a bad way, and then his empathy is like no, this is actually a moral good to do this. And sorry, I'd say empathy, his empathy society. Is a little, yeah, I'd say his empathy is a little crooked at that point. Okay. Because obviously the causing harm. Who's to part say it's crooked? Sense. Harm. But part. who's to say the harm part? The common sense and the rationality, all that, all that comes together and says doing harm. You're doing harm. That is not the correct way of going about things. We're but gonna who's cause to say the least amount of harm. That's the whole purpose. But what is harm? How do we know what Death, is gas harm chambers, or not? Burning. I, I mean... completely agree. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. But where I mean, 
we're in in nature from the beginning of like you know let's say if it was millions of years ago you know we see animals like that's animals are survival the fittest if we're just mm. animals mothers protect their young do mothers sure. protect their young yeah i mean I and dogs cats i can tell you right now dogs will will fight you and, and destroy you to protect their young survival that's not survival of the fittest. That's that's empathy. That's that's concern over your own tribe and everything else. I mean, they tigers have... versus like uh, um, uh, wildebeest or whatever that are going to have to go kill them. Well, that's a circle like that's... of life, man. Circle. No, oh, I get it. I get it. So <laughs> God I'm, made it this I... way. God wants us all to eat things, apparently. So I mean, I don't know how that's moralistic. <laughs> and so I so for me as being an atheist, uh -huh. it was hard for me to to wrestle and really come to conclusion that there was a right and a wrong without something because without something to be like a, a yeah. firm foundation of what right. is right or wrong because society of, changes. Yeah. yeah. Somebody else's empathy is different than mine. Like Jeffrey Dahmer, we know how evil he was. Um, he could, uh, Charles Manson, people that kill people. I mean, we can see that pe different people, there's no, there's no level that's like the pinnacle of what is right. There's nothing written down without obviously without the Bible, but like we can internally feel it. But actually what's really interesting Romans, you, you've read the Bible. I, I was going to ask, oh, if you read, you probably read it. But in Romans chapter one, hmm. it literally talks about this. Uh, in Romans chapter one, verse 18, I have I pulled that up. I'll read it Do real it. quick. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Mm -hmm. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has already shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, his, namely his eternal power, divine nature, has been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in things that have been made so that they are without excuse. So for all they knew God, they did not honor him as God. So there's more to it. But yeah, what he's saying you. there, we're inherently God created us to have that part inside of us that we already know this, but because we love our sin, we suppress the truth. That was Romans 1, 18, and then 18 through 25 is usually, you know, you read through all that, and it really shows, in verse 22 says, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged yeah. the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, animals, and creeping things. And so when I was understanding, like, morality, like, without something that was tangible or something that was, like, concrete as being this is what is moral, it was kill or be killed. Hmm. And so that, at least that's how my mind went. Yeah. And then I started thinking, wow, there's got to be something else out there. So I started reading the Bible. And then the Bible literally says, we all, every single human being has this inside of us. But because we love our sin, we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Does that make sense? I get it. So the trees are, are basically, the trees are proof of God. The, the nature, this is all clearly seen. Uh, the invisible qualities that are clearly seen has always been confusing to me. I don't understand how that works, but <laughs> we'll skip that for yeah. now. So the trees, how do we know that it's your God specifically? Do you know how many gods there are? How many creator deities there are? There are so many. So I read this and I'm like, yeah, so you're putting your name on it. This God's putting his name on it. This God's putting his name on it. All these gods. So now we've got, well, which one is it? How do we know? Well, it'd be really uh nice if they came down and said hello so we could know. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, yeah, that, and so in history, it absolutely has happened. Obviously, what, what, at least the Bible says. Yeah, came down yeah. to Paul, talked yeah. to Paul, like literally said, "Paul, why are you persecuting me?" Right. You know, and shook him, and like he was like, "Oh, who are you, Lord? I, I'm Jesus, someone you're persecuting." And so it has happened in the past. I have heard of other now Christ followers having a similar type of experience, not huh. the exact same thing, but like God either appeared to them or they had a vision or something. I've heard of that, not saying yeah. it's right or wrong, or yeah. they actually did or didn't. I've just heard of that. But when you think about what is internally inside of us, the actual knowing that murdering somebody is wrong. Like we there's just not, inherently know there that. There are people that don't know that though. And there's people that have a little screwed mentality. I, I agree. There that are, yeah. Romans 1 just said that because they love their sin they suppress that truth that called, you should not yeah. do that. I don't think they really love their sin at that point. I think they're just kind of mentally unstable. There's there's serial killers out there that aren't like, yeah, I'm loving my sin. I'm I'm, I'm going to say something that, that <laughs> no. yeah, I 100% agree with you. On top, I'll even add something that is, because hmm. I know being an atheist, there's no demons, there's no devil. Yeah, I would believe that the people that are doing those things have, Jesus says, 
that I mean, he basically casts out demons. There was one oh. had a legion of, you know, the de legion of demons inside of him. How and so these people probably have demons inside of them that are getting them to do these Dustin? things. How does it, how does the demon get it? So I'm trying to figure this out because you yeah. know the whole Jesus in your heart thing is just baffling to me as well. How yeah. does a demon get inside of you and control you? Is it like like is it like ghost when he's like behind her and doing uh, things, or or is it it's actually possessing you and you're like ah, I don't have control of my body, like your whole body, or is it in your brain? How does that work? It's so confusing. I, I so I honestly like that question got me thinking of uh, help me to understand exactly what we're talking about. That's a great question. So. What the Bible actually says, or how I understand the Bible to say, is that we are all, when we're born, spiritually dead. It's hard to understand this. I completely understand. I didn't understand spiritually it initially. Dead. So spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. Dead? Yes. Okay. And it How's, says okay. this. It says that we are spiritually dead. The Bible says, for we have all transgressed God's law, and we have, we're literally dead spiritually. Physically, we're alive. The Bible says, for all of sin and transgress God's law. So yeah. with that, we're we all, all dead in our transgressions. Bible said, like, literally, we're literally dead in our transgressions, meaning spiritually we are dead. Physically, we're alive. We we are spiritual alive. But mm -hmm. when you think about, because your question, getting quickly back to the question of a demon getting inside yeah, yeah. of you. Well, a demon, biblically, is a spirit as well. Like, it has not necessarily a, a uh, spirit, but he's supernatural in a sense, spiritual. He's not, you know, like this physical, like how we are. And like so because we are ghost? spiritually... More like a ghost, like a... I guess so. Yeah, I guess you can say that. That's a term that we as you know, people have made for, for demons, really, for what it comes down to as demons. Now, but but I, I, I don't get down the rabbit hole of ghosts because there are <laughs> spirits that, that uh, we see in the Bible that are quote-unquote a ghost, something coming back from the dead, all that sort of stuff. Anyways, a lying spirit that Yahweh sends to people? There you go. Yes, mm. absolutely. So let me quickly get back to... So yeah, go ahead. This is what happened for me as I was reading the Bible, as I was praying, like, like God, are you even real? And I was like, well, I didn't... As I read the Bible, God doesn't really answer prayer, or doesn't answer prayers for people who are not his, who are not of his flock, is what he says. So I started reading the Bible more, and I realized that as I saw the world, being an atheist, that it's kill or be killed, which it's, and it, it, when I boiled everything down, that's literally what it was, because it's just, you know, survival of the fittest. Yeah. And with that, I realized that my, if I did sin, which if there was sin, and if I did sin, then I'd sin against God. And the Bible says that if you sin one time, then you're guilty of breaking all the commandments, and just like on earth, if you break the law, you know, the uh, uh, human law, you, you know, go speeding, oh, yeah. you break that law, you're going to be punished. Like you go before the judge, the yeah. judge says, hey, you want, you're going 100 miles an hour in a, a school zone, you know, here's your fine. Yeah. Now, I jail. saw that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so with that, I realized that if I were to break the law here on earth, I'd get punished. But if I would break God's, correct, correct. Yeah. If I were to break God's law, then I would be punished as well. There's a punishment that comes with a crime. But now thinking of the here on earth in a court, you're temporarily punished, which I completely agree, but the severity of the punishment comes with the uh, how important this thing is. I'll give you an example. Which, right, if you, yeah, that makes sense yeah, though, so, right? Correct, yeah, so if, yeah. You know, if, I, if you punch me in the face, I'd be like, hey, officers arrest him. You might go to jail for a night, not yeah. long, because I'm not that important. Well, but if you punch a cop <laughs> in the face, it'll probably be about a month that you'll be yeah. in jail. Yeah. If you punch the President of the United States in the face, you'll be away for like 20 years, because yeah. the importance goes up. But imagine you punch God in the face, the creator of the entire universe. Uh -huh. You punch him in the face, he's infinitely valuable. Turn the other and cheek, so Yahweh. I, I would 100% agree that we need to, he but needs to. If I agree, I 100% agree that you in your thinking or understand your thinking yeah. that he needs to turn the other cheek. But just like if you go to a judge and say, judge, turn the other cheek. Don't give me that ticket. Or, hey, judge, I murdered that person, but don't punish me. It, would it be a just, loving, but the judge would he be a, a just judge? Creator, though. But, oh, but would he be a just judge to let you go? Well, let's think about the circumstances. What, what can I go to hell for? Not believing, right? That's something I can be punished for. What if I go to this judge and I don't believe he's the judge? Will I be punished for that? If you've paid the, if you've actually done a crime, because if Jesus I did a crime, let's say says, I jaywalked and I, I'm in front of a judge, speeding, okay. anything, 
And I go in front of the, the judge and I'm like, I don't believe you're a real judge. And he says, I don't care. I'm handing you down a punishment anyways. Will he punish me because I don't believe he's not a judge? Or will he just dish out my punishment? I, I, I get that. We don't yeah. understand why God would punish us. We just physically can't because, or mentally can't, because God's, his ways are not our ways. You know, the Bible says yeah, his ways are not sense, always. But though, Dustin. It, to me, it does. And here's the big okay. thing. And if you get all the way back to what I said uh, a couple minutes ago, uh-huh. before we accept God, we are spiritually dead. For Bible says we are dead in our transgressions and sin. Now we're we know we're physically alive. We're not spirit. We're not like physically dead, but we're spiritually dead. Now that spiritually dead thing, literally, is on its way to hell because it all goes back to the fall of Adam. Adam brought sin into the world, and we could definitely talk about Adam yeah. and Eve. I know you love talking about Adam <laughs> and Eve, but what happens is we when he when God says you will die, he didn't mean like literally that second you bite it and you're dead. No, your body begins to decay, and you will eventually die. So with that, spiritually, whenever we're born, we're born spiritually dead. Now, what God does, if we Mm. repent, and the Bible says you need to repent, which means turning from your sin and, and asking for forgiveness from God, which means you no longer go after sin, but you go after God, Uh and you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Like, you need to have that belief, and with that comes the Holy Spirit, be, brings us back to life. You know, oh, you know the story of Lazarus, right? Coming yeah. out of the grave? Perfect example of what I'm trying to explain. So we know Lazarus was dead for four days, and Jesus finally goes, he's taking his time, he eventually gets there four days later, he says, okay, remove the stone, Lazarus is dead, remove the stone, and um, Lazarus' sister says, no, it's been four days, he stinks now. That's like, no, no, we can't do that. And he said, no, remove the, remove the stone. Then he says, Lazarus, come out. Now, let me ask you a question. And we're kind of rhetorical because I'll get to the point in just a second. Yeah. Um, can a dead thing hear? No. Can a, a dead thing think? Can a dead thing walk? Can a dead yeah, yeah. thing respond or even receive anything? No. A dead thing has to be brought back to life first in order for any of that to happen. So what God does with Lazarus, same uh-huh. thing with us as people who repent and turn to God for the forgiveness of our sins he brings us to life. For Lazarus, it was physical. For yeah. us, it's spiritual. He brings us back to life spiritually first. So yeah. we're alive. And then with that, he says, now you, I will put my spirit inside of you so that you can then have the faith to believe. You can even understand. And I know you, you definitely understand this, that the Bible even says that this is all spiritually discerned. All these things that I'm talking to you about, Jesus says, yeah. all these things, these are spiritual things. But the people who are dead and dying, who don't have that spirit, they cannot. It's physically impossible for them to understand that. As try as they might, they might read the weird. Bible as much as they can. I completely agree. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Why I would you make it agree. that way? That's so weird. Why would you make it so difficult? But I want to get back to the Lazarus thing. I have a real quick Got question it. before we move yes. on. Did he still stink when he was raised from the dead, or did he rejuvenate his whole body? He brought him back to life. days, man. That, he yes. He like... <laughs> Like, so we don't, we don't get in, in. Yeah, I completely understand that. Yeah. And scripturally, we know that God, as the Bible says, like God even right, uh, helps somebody who, to walk that literally could not walk or somebody is born blind, like gave them blind you know, yeah. sight again. Like he is able to do physically anything like he's the Lazarus able was to do that. back to regular back to being. Gotcha. Yeah. OK, being so let's natural. dive into this, this, this being born dead spiritually. OK, got it. Wow. So who set things up this way? Who decided that children were going to be born spiritually dead? Who decided that? Adam. God. Adam didn't have a list going, uh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make children. Well, the reason why I say Adam did is because Adam was the one that chose to Ah. disobey. Who chose to put the trees there though, Dustin? So I, I love this question because I literally thought the same thing. And as I was reading your book, I was like, does God want a robot? And can a robot love something? Like, okay, it has to right choose. There. Hold off. It okay. doesn't have to be a robot. I, I, okay. I, Christians like to go to that robot thing, but I, I think it's different. So if God knows everything and he knows that putting his trees in the garden is going to cause, cause the fall of man, he knows that. So who is responsible? Obviously, it's going to be the person who put the trees there now. He could have done it differently. He could have just kept the garden. They wouldn't be robots. They would just be living their lives without a tree that causes the fall of man. 
How is that a robot if you just don't put the trees there? How is that a robot? In a sense, when you think about it, they don't have an option to sin against so God. What? Why does he need an option to sin? Why does God want to give people an option to sin? That's his prerogative. That's not free will. That's just uh, like messing with people. Well, see, and here, here's a big thing that I've grown to understand is that spiritually, I, it's hard for me, like physically, it's hard for me to understand literally everything in the Bible. And I know God's ways are not my ways. And uh -huh. to understand exactly, to really, and uh, honestly, I'm not that smart. I just read the Bible and I understand what it says and I do the best <laughs> way I, I can say. So with that, when I think, because I literally, I thought the same thing, like why in the world would God put something that would allow mm. Adam to disobey him? Mm -hmm. Well, in a sense, the only thing I could really come up with in my brain, and I, I, there are probably yeah. scholars that could do much, you know, theolog theologians that do much better job, is that God wants us to obey him. He even put the tree, not just knowledge of good and evil, but the tree of life. And so we see that he said that we got to kick him out, kick Adam and Eve out, unless they eat of the tree of life, and they will forever be living in this, this uh, sinful state. So God putting that in there, it's more than likely from what I see, God giving us a reason to love him and not disobey, but then we have the option or the ability to literally disobey and turn away because he doesn't want, and I, I, it comes down to me, robots. Like he, God doesn't want a robot yeah. saying, you must do X, Y, and Z. Then that's not true love. Well, let's go one step further here. He put the trees there and Adam and Eve weren't eating the tree. They were leaving it alone. They were just living their lives. They were, they were not disobeying God. And then God left the back door open. He said, come on in serpent. I know you're the cleverest of all the animals. I'm going to let you loose into the garden and have you whisper sweet little nothings into Eve's ear, convincing her to, to, to partake and cause the fall of man. So at what point, like that's, that's instigation at that point. That's not just free will. That's not just leaving something there and saying, don't touch it. This is actually trying to convince people now at this point to sin. So why not just, he gave them the option of sinning. Now he's trying to convince them to sin. So we've gone a step further at this point. I think it also comes down to who's to say if it's right or wrong to allow God to do that. Me. Like you, are you or I? Are, are we yeah. in the If it justify causes the it? fall of man. This has caused so much harm, apparently. Death, forever torture, all of these things. Talk about massive harm. This is causing massive harm. I would not do it. Okay, so I'm going to go to my gummy. I'm, I'm sure you heard the gummy worm. I have. Oh, I love the, I love the yeah. gummy bear analogy. So how would yeah. you do that situation? If I, if I put that gummy worm full of rat poison in the middle of a daycare, and then I let a bad guy in there trying to convince them to eat it, whose fault is it? The bad guy, the kid, or me? In the end, Adam knew God's words. God said, do not do this. Mm -hmm. And God said, I, I'm not going to just make you a robot. And like, I, I got to keep going back to the yeah, robot. Like, I know. I'm not going to force you to do anything. It's you are the one that's going to have to decide. I've already told you. you I've already created you. I've walked with you in the garden. I've literally done everything for you. Yeah. And you have my word. That's all you need. Satan or the uh, serpent comes in and says, "Does did God really say that? He's always questioning God's was word. was let in though. He, would, he didn't just come in. He was let in. Yeah. Sure. He was allowed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's a whole other topic right there. So, why, if, we, so if, you're, if you're saying we want to blame God for putting in the tree, it was his prerogative to put a and tree. The, and the snake. And, and the snake as well. So on top of that, when the, and the Bible says that God's ways are higher than ours, and, and all, who am I, in Romans also it says, who am I to answer back to God? You did this wrong. You did that wrong. I'm not God. I'm a created thing. I'm a I have to accept how human. we created it. I'm there a flawed go. human with empathy and common sense. And I'm telling you, that's not common sense. Let me, let me give in you... the middle of a daycare. That's not common sense. I, I agree that it's common sense and empathy. But here's what I'm going to say. Hmm. Where do you get the empathy and common sense? It comes, just like I said, in Romans chapter 1, God's hmm. internally wired that inside of us. Now, some people would go astray, but it's internally inside of us that we know God, but we suppress the truth because we love our sin. That's so, okay, so Dustin, yeah, I can't get behind that. This guy, this, this guy you get your morals from, Dustin, he is a, take no offense, I've seen, you know me, you've seen the show. Oh, no, I'm not getting offense no at offense. all. <laughs> you, you, this, guy, this guy you get your morals from is a documented child killer. He is a documented child killer, and you get your morals from him. 
He thinks it's perfect, holy, righteous, and good to stone disobedient children to death, to stone gay people to death, to stone witches to death. These are all perfect, holy, righteous, and good in his eyes. Now, the real question is, and you get to heaven, are these still going to be the rules? Are the Old Testament laws, which he finds perfect, holy, righteous, and good, and he doesn't change his mind, he's not the author of confusion, are these still going to be the rules in heaven? So let me, I'll answer the question really quickly. Yeah, are these still going to be, God's rules are it with their sin in the world. God's laws like this, like Levitical law, did not come until sin was in the world. Mm -hmm. When we're with him in heaven, we're not going to have sin because we are with God who is, he can't be around sin. But let me get to the point of, because I love the idea. And that was something I was like, oh man, this is interesting. When you talked about God killing children. So, I mean, we could quickly jump to, and it's an easy argument, not argument, argument, but like a thought to say, well, who's to say what's right or wrong to kill a child? Like uh, common sense, Again. yeah, I get it. Not everybody has that same common sense, but here's but what I'm thinking. We can I, go I back also, to those four things though. We can go back to those four things. But not everybody has those. Society can change. Like, it doesn't mean you know, the right, Aztecs though. were literally killing people. They were right. sacrificing It doesn't mean babies. it was a good thing though. 100% agree, the but way to I, go everybody in society believed that. They all did. They all had the empathy. Yes, it's a good thing to kill. So mm -hmm. because all of them had that, they all had that common sense. That's, uh, that's literally their culture, and that's what they did. But here's, here's something I, I add to you Go for ahead. this. For, so in the Bible, you, you definitely know this. Abraham was told by God to sacrifice his yeah. child. I was like, what in the world? Like when I was reading, I was like, what in the world? He's good. <laughs> Obviously, as we read scripture, we see that God provided a way out. And what I see in scripture, there's two things. Number one, with God, with child sacrifice, we all know ch child sacrifice is wrong, right? 100% wrong. Now, Bible says, obviously, God provided a way out. And God wanted to prove, wanted faith, uh, uh, Abraham to prove his faith, just mm -hmm. about ready to sacrifice his child because he was doing what God said. Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, even says, Abraham believed that God would raise him from the dead, even if he did kill him. But here's what I want to get to. If there is no, no like actual written down morality, we could talk about Aztecs and all the Jews and uh, uh, Greeks, not Greek, Nazis in Germany. We could talk about how people and societies can go bad. We can definitely talk about that. But here's what I'm thinking. It's absolutely wrong to sacrifice a child. And so I'm just like, man, if he's 10 years old, that's absolutely wrong. So, I mean, it would be wrong to sacrifice your kid, right? Mm -hmm. So at what year, like if, if it's a five-year-old child, that would be wrong. What about a one-year-old? If it's a one-year-old child, would it be wrong to sacrifice that child, Michael? Uh-huh. Yeah, it would be. I completely agree. Yeah. But then when you think about, and if a baby is literally born, like the Aztecs literally threw their babies down. I, it, yeah, it was the bad. Aztecs were, were, were crazy people. Yeah, exactly. So like one minute after a baby's born, you sacrifice it, that would be wrong. But what about like, what about in the womb? Like I would assume you would not think that Abortion is right because see, here's the problem. Killing. Yeah, see the abortion. I knew you're going to go there. I could sense it. My spider <laughs> senses were tingling. Oh man, no. See, that's the difference, though. Is what what I see as a fetus or a clump of cells, you see as a baby, and that's the difference. And I also don't see why you're against abortion because in the Bible, Yahweh uses abortion as a punishment, and He says nowhere in there that the baby in there is is uh, not to abort. It doesn't doesn't say anywhere. There. I mean, you can well, go the whole do not murder, but then you have to give the baby the sentience and you have to give them the, that, uh, that, that, that title and that, 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 uh, so that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say something that it, it, since you don't believe in like the spiritual realm, cause being an atheist, yeah. like it's, 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 it's all beyond natural, me. Which, it's so weird. Yeah, yeah. I completely understand. Here's what I'm going to tell you. And it won't make sense, but what it comes down <laughs> to <appreciate> anyways, <laughs> <laughs> abortion, mm. if you kill a baby one minute after it's born, versus one minute before it's born, mm -hmm. you can call it abortion. There's another term you can call it. It's literally child sacrifice. Well, and here's I'm not the way, advocating, here's what, just so we know, I'm not advocating for killing children one week before they're born. That's not a thing. Go ahead. I 100% appreciate that you shared that. Like, I appreciate that <laughs> Definitely appreciate that. But what it comes down to, there has been child sacrifice, not from, like you, you would say God created child sacrifice or you yeah. know killing, killing children. Jephthah. But Satan has literally created child sacrifice. It's been around for thousands of years. And so abortion is another means to the child sacrifice. It's definitely more, much more spiritual to understand it, especially you have to believe that there is a Satan. <laughs> you got, but they just, when you, you dropped a big bomb there, Satan created child sacrifice. 
Satan created it. 100%. So God did not create sacrifice to love him. Like you don't have to kill your child in order to love me. Now, if that child is sinning, the Bible in the Old Testament said you stone your child, which we, you and I understand it says that. I don't understand why it says that. Because I just God know it does. That idea. And then now I live under Christ, which Christ doesn't give us that. Because I know you, you had, uh, there was a pastor on, talked about the, uh, the, the moral law, the, yeah. uh, there was two other ones. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, uh, societal law, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But anyways, like the actual moral law and what it boils down to when somebody came, uh, one of the, one of the rich and wrong ruler says, you know, uh, or actually I think it was a Pharisee that said, what is the grace commandment? He says, love God hmm. and love your neighbor, love mm-hmm. God. And well, who's the closest neighbor? It's like literally your spouse and literally mm-hmm. your kids. Those are the closest people. And so if child sacrifice, that's literally out. And God never had child sacrifice, even though there were to stone sinful things because they want sinful things to continue on and growing inside your family, inside your, your, the, the camp of Israel. But all that is gone now. He said he came to fulfill all that law. So we don't have to live by that because he fulfilled yeah, it. I understand he, that, but it's like, but it's at the same point though. He still thinks these are great ideas. He has not changed his mind about them being great ideas. And that's where my problem lies. Not that I understand that a lot of Christians think that the laws have changed and what in there, but I can't see it. We'll go, that's a whole other thing, but, but Yahweh thought they're great ideas. He hasn't changed his mind on them being great ideas. And that's where my problem lies is when you're telling me it's a great idea to stone gay people, witches and children. That's my problem. I mean, you, but I'm it goes sure you have back a problem to, with that too, right? I, 100%, 100%. And top of that, it yeah. goes back to though, Who's to say that that is wrong? If there's no morality, which I get it, comment, but I can't, that doesn't fly. At least I had humanism. to get out of it. Have you heard of humanism? I have. I don't know much about it. So hopefully you can. It's all the good parts it. of Jesus without the rage, without the, the hellfire, without the, the, the yeah. No, um, humanism. Just love your neighbor, man. Do, do the best you can. Help each other out, all that stuff. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, Kumbaya. but there are obviously people that are evil that think that they are good, that they're doing good, like killing your right. neighbor. And then I will like, use my logic, my common sense, my empathy, my my experience to, to tell me that those people are wrong. And if they did the same thing, they use their common sense, their empathy and their society and all those other things together. If it's not the society, then use your other three. Um they would understand as well. And there's a lot of people that have mental issues that keep them from understanding these basic things. Some people like to be hurt. So that's a whole nother topic right there. That's whole- <laughs> Oh my goodness. That just, ah, I, you know I, 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 I understand that, but it's just weird. Let me ask you, I want to ask you a question because yeah. there's, as I was going through this, you know that Christians mm-hmm. have, you know, have obviously talked to you, you've heard it before, but we're commanded by God. It's a great commission. Go out and share this good news Yeah, that people can, be saved from their sins. They're, they're going to go to hell unless they repent and turn to God and they can go to heaven. So we're number one command to do that. Plus that's the ultimate way of loving somebody. Like if I had cured a cancer and you had cancer, but I didn't give it to you, that's not loving. That's unloving. So with that, what I'm curious is with your, what, what's the ultimate goal of your show? I, I get it. I get the premise and everything. But if you boil everything down, what's like the ultimate goal of the show, considering we are commanded to share the gospel with people? But what's the ultimate goal with the show? Well, you might not like the answer, this answer, but it's all for me. I love these conversations. <laughs> I man. love it. No, I love, I love that answer. I, I, I get, get off these things and, and I'm all hyped up. I'm like, man, I want to have another conversation. And I go someplace <laughs> and I'll go Twitter or whatever and try and t- talk to somebody there. I love these. These are yeah. fun conversations. And I have actual a little bit of knowledge. So I can actually have a conversation about this as opposed to like astrophysics or philosophy or other shenanigans. So yeah, I, I love it too. Yeah. No, I, I definitely appreciate the, uh, the, the conversation yeah. with, with the, with, and I, I, I love your answer too. Cause I enjoy, I mean, hopefully you could tell like you and I yeah, we, that's we, why we're here. do really well. <laughs> um, so with that, if you were to make somebody who was a Christian and we, I uh-huh. would assume, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, a Christian is supposed to love God and love other, love others and do good, right? Not do evil. Like that's the ultimate goal is to, to be more like Jesus who literally did not do anything that was supposed to be like, you know, evil. Well, we sin, can get into right? that, but go ahead. Okay. Well, in the end, a Christian is supposed <laughs> to do good things, right? In the end. Mm-hmm. So yeah, supposed to. It, if you take somebody and you convince them to not be a Christian, but to be an atheist, it seems like eventually, I mean, you could try to explain the, like all the, the empathy and society and common sense and all that sort of stuff. But honestly, when it comes down to morality, 
that they're like, that's just your opinion. That's your truth. My truth is it's kill or be killed. So why don't I just go to your house, kill see, you, take see, your wife and take Dustin. everything. You know, but you're going to be one of those people boil like, everything just stay down. a Christian, Dustin, just stay a Christian. No, I mean, but, I've talked to some people who, who actually are like, I'll kill you if you don't, if you're, if you're like, <laughs> if you try and take me away or, or if, you know, uh, I was an atheist, if I, if I didn't, wasn't a Christian, didn't believe this, I would try and kill you. It's like, wow. Okay. So that point, those people are probably better off just being Christians, but Dustin, I can tell you right, <laughs> tell, right now between our conversation that you're not that kind of person. If you stop believing Jesus was real or this invisible man was living in your heart, all of a sudden you wouldn't go out and kill people. I guarantee you, you know, I'm just going to make a spider prediction here that you would be one of the best humanists out there. You'd be an awesome oh. person. No, that's, that's where I'm at. It's my prediction. I appreciate that. Thank you, Michael. I, I would have to say is because of my life of being, being a Christian for, I don't know, 25 years, hmm. reading the Bible multiple times a day, uh, praying, like I, trying to do that. That's the only reason why, like I've grown. I haven't hmm. always been, you know, this, yeah. you know, positive and, but um, to add to that. Oh, good. Same. Yeah, <laughs> but, no. I mean, I 100% agree that we all, like you and I definitely, I mean, I love having a, I mean, you and I would be, I'd, I'd love to hang out with you just in general too. We're going to do uh, a part because, two, yeah, we so got, you know, this is going to go. This oh yeah, go. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so with that though, it was like, obviously I would not go to your house, do that, all that sort of stuff. Thank but you. the mentality that some people eventually would, and it could, at least that, that's the, could. the there you go. everything could. down. Yes, exactly. I think that's what it boils down if, to is could. If, yeah, so ultimate thing that we as Christians want to do is become more like God, which is to do more good. Whereas honestly, if you go to like atheism is like in communism and every, like mm. they try to rip out God and That's say there's different. no God and the, the government is God, you bow down to the government. And mm. so I don't speak that to those is, people. I completely agree. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. Um, that it can atheists can go bad in a sense of where course, it's like so can christians take that and so can muslims and so can buddhists everybody can go bad it's that's just the way it goes of course yeah so if there let me ask a question mm -hmm. if there were more like if if let's say there was a million atheists mm -hmm. and a million of those atheists good bad or the other mm -hmm. like you or the worst ones turned yeah. to become a christian would the world be a better place or would it be a worse place depends on what kind of christian depends on if we're going to make laws according to this this ancient rule book over here you know that there's a lot that goes to it i mean you've got your your regular churchgoers who go once a week and then you've got your trumpers you know there's a whole big level there you know <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> i would i would add to that uh -huh. that there are it's and it's just the nature of the beast meaning like western culture yeah. People just grew up going to church and they become a cultural Christian and that's mm. just what they do. You a know, Easter that, yeah. and Christmas and it just happens. Cultural but if they Christian, were I like that. If 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 they were just like actual true believers and they said, I'm gonna do everything that Jesus told me to do, from loving my enemy huh. to uh praying for those who persecute me to you know feeding the poor, like all, all that sort of like everything that God said yeah. to do. I believe that if a, a million atheists turn to be Christians, the world would be a better place in the end. But here, oh, I, you know this because you 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 think about this a lot. You know Pascal's it. wager, don't you? Oh, I've heard it a few times. Yeah. So for me, this is not a good, uh, let's see. Uh, it's not the gospel and it's not like something that really I stick to. But if I'm looking at being an atheist or being a Christian, being an atheist, it's it's literally there's nothing after this and yeah. if i'm wrong yeah. though i'm gonna lose so basically i'm gonna go where there's a win-win with a christian uh -huh. i'm gonna be a christian doing good which is what the atheist like you're saying you want to do as a humanist but at the same time if i'm right i'll be in heaven with god but an atheist they're if they're right that they're you know the way is right there's no god then they're going to be fine in their life, but then they're going to die and there's nothing. But what if they're wrong? Pascal's wages is, I'm going to take right. one that was 100% win, as opposed to, I could, if well, I'm wrong, I'm going to go to hell. The problem with that, Dustin, though, is, is Pascal's wager just gets to a God. It doesn't get to your God. And at that Agreed. point, you have to like, you have to believe in every single God. So I, there's, there's a thing I go to, the mummy, the original mummy, not the Brandon Fraser one, not that Tom Cruise crap. Um, but the, <laughs> the guy's about to die with the mummy and he starts pulling out all these necklaces and he starts praying to all these different gods. And he finally I remember that, yeah. yeah. And that's what I see Pascal Wager as. Let's all just wear a bunch of necklaces and pray to every god so we can go to heaven. 
But then that that counteracts each other because one God says, if you pray to this God, I'm not going to let you go to my heaven. You're going to go to my hell. Well, you're going to go to this hell, but this heaven, this hell, this heaven. It gets so confusing. You know what I mean? So you, I, I could tell you, you study lots of other religions as well. Um, so with that, do you, I don't know of, I'm just asking because I, I really don't know. I don't know of any other religion that is based on grace as opposed to works. Why? Why does Islam, that matter though? works. Well, no, let me get to, let me get to the go point. Ahead, go ahead. Um, this is what gets me to thinking where I have the, the right God. Um, so Islam, you have to have works. Mormonism, you have to have works. Uh, Catholicism, you have to have works. Um, uh, Hindus, like all that stuff. Uh, I, can't, I don't know if Hindu, is that the, the name of it? Anyways, Buddhism, like you have to have works to right. eventually get there. When God says that it's for it's by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself, it's a gift from God. So when you ask, well, there's so many out there. For right. me, I look at all these other ones are the same. There's one that's 100% different, meaning it's you can't do anything to deserve God. It's only God that picks you so that that's you terrible. would then... What's that? That's terrible, though. You can't do anything to deserve God? So, like, I guarantee... so awesome that we are just so crappy. But who's to <laughs> say if that's so terrible sad. or not? Who's to that's, say if that's terrible or not? I'm telling you right now, it's sad. It sounds, sad. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds depressing. <laughs> but somebody else would be able to say, but no, Michael, that's good. I want to go to the works <laughs> thing. Just, uh, just, just a couple of things. Within the, the Bible, the same Bible, you know, the, the, the Catholics believe by works, and, and then there are still some Christians that believe by works. But in the Bible, it says things we have done, you're going to be judged by. Revelation 20.12, that would be works, right? Yeah, and then judged by the deeds written in this heavenly book, Proverbs 24.12, Yahweh will... Uh, repay you for what you have done, the things you've done, Matthew 16, 27. So these are works. So we are going to be judged by our works. So we are judged by our works and we are condemned by them, period, full stop. We are judged by our works and we're condemned by them. But it's not my works that gets me into heaven. Whose works? Jesus's works. And what happens with scripture says that we have sinned there, a punishment has to come. You have to be punished. And that's Forever. eternal separation eternal. from God. That's God's but punishment. But God sent his son without sin, who did not sin, to take our punishment for us. So the punishment still comes. It crushes him. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. then gets up because he's, the Bible says Jesus he's defeated gets death. He does. He does. He literally gets crushed. He gets up sin. and says, I defeated death. You can now come into my kingdom because I paid your punishment for you because... The Bible says, if you repent and believe, and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's, for all that combined for me, how I know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And with all these other gods that quote-unquote gods and other religions are out there, there's only one that's completely different and has nothing to do with me. Wow. Well, there's a lot of different gods out there. Um, I, I like Prometheus. He brought us fire and then he suffered. I think that's one of my favorite gods right now. At this point in time, at this point in time, I switch gods. <laughs> no, Spider-Man's still my god. I still praise and worship Spider-Man, but I do like Prometheus. I like that he suffered and the way he suffered, and, and it was crazy sauce. And um, I think he suffered more than Jesus as far as uh, the actual torment goes. Um, but I, I want to, we're, we're getting close to time. Do you have a few extra, like, 10, 15 minutes? I, uh, yes, I do. Okay, good. I just want to end it with this, and then we can definitely do a part two, because I want to talk about hell, I want to talk about heaven, I want to talk about Satan and all this stuff. But I want to jump in to end it with what changed your mind specifically? Was it a Paul to Saul moment? Was it something you mm. read because you were an atheist and you became a Christian? You're like one of my favorite people to talk to. I want to know what happened. <laughs> How did it happen? So it happened. So I went and I heard, I went to a, a church camp when I was younger. I don't know, yeah. 14, 15 or something like that. Ooh, and I, I heard that too. there was something different. There was something different out there. And basically what it came down to was I heard the gospel. I heard the good news about Jesus Christ. Everything I just explained where we've sinned against God, we're going to be punished. And then God said, I'm going to send my son to take that punishment for you and you can be with me in heaven. So when I heard, and the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the good news, the word about Christ. And so I heard that. And with that, I was I was literally shook to shake, shaken, shooken, whichever way you say it, shaken, both or shaken to the, it got, <laughs> I was shaken to the core of me. And with that, it wasn't that I accepted anything. Uh -huh. It was that God said that I'm going to give you the ability to understand and now believe by remember I said, we're spiritually dead. God raises us God from the said. dead. God's in the Bible. And okay. the Bible says okay. that. And with that, I before, and the Bible even says that 
Satan has literally confused us. He has, and First uh, Corinthians chapter two uh, says in verse fourteen, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. And so at that point, when I heard the gospel, God huh. brought me from the dead, gave me his spirit inside of me so that I can discern now his spirit, and he put his faith inside of me so that I have faith because of his Holy Spirit. So all that to say, went to the, went to the church camp, heard the yeah. gospel, then God put his spirit inside of me, raised me from the dead, and from that point forward, I literally cannot see anything else but God and so you were scripture. a teenager when you were when you were became yes. a Christian. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. So you weren't an adult as an atheist. You weren't a Christian atheist. Then Christian, you were just you grew up in that pagan, correct? Loose, loosely heretic. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> grew up in that, and that's so. It was just a feeling. It, that was it. It was it was a heavy feeling for you. I mean, you could you could I guess uh, coin it or term it as a feeling because. Yeah. I absolutely feel the Lord, like not like like a presence where he's talking to me and all that sort of stuff, but I cannot not see what I've seen. I literally cannot. And so give you an example, a what very you horrible see, example. Like, what did you physically see or is it just the feeling? It's it's an understanding. Understanding. It's an okay. Under, okay. Well, so a feeling, an feeling. understanding. I can now understand the Bible, even though there are things like, you know, uh, stoning these people and doing this to this people. I can understand that I am not God. Huh. And I cannot answer back to God and say, why did you do this, God? He is God. He's the creator of everything. And now I have, again, going to my analogy, it's like I said, a horrible analogy. But let's say I was falling off a cliff and I'm holding onto a rope. Well, that rope is the only thing that's saving me from falling off the cliff. Cliff. And if I look down and you said, hey, you should just let go. It's going to be better. No, I'm literally holding onto it even tighter. So if there's somebody, and God forbid it happens where there's persecution that's really, really bad, where they come and try to take my family and kill them to get me to renounce Whoa, my faith, yeah. which has happened in the in history, I cannot do that. I literally have to hold on even tighter because this is the only thing that I have. And with that, I do more as quote-unquote good, even though there's no one good other than God. I do humanistically as much good as I can because that's what God told me to do. Well, that's, I'm, I'm glad you do as much as you can humanistically and you don't, you know, you do as God says and not as he does, I guess. Um, <laughs> even though there's places in there where he says some shenanigans, but I want to dive into that. I want to dive into hell and heaven and Satan and everything next time. We are out of time. Thank you so much for staying a little bit after and, and all your answers and your patience and reading my book a little bit. That's pretty awesome. Uh, no, all of it. I, I read all of it other than the part that was in the Bible that I've already read. It. So I just skipped over it. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. We'll keep in contact. We'll do this again. Stay safe out there. Where can we find your stuff? I totally forgot to plug that. Where can we plug your stuff? Master Passive Income is my podcast. I can give you a free course, How to Invest in Real Estate. Just go to Master Passive Income Podcast. I'll tell you all about it. Um, you can go to Successfully Unemployed Podcast. All that. Just look up Dustin Heiner everywhere. You'll probably find me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Michael. See ya. That's all the show there is for you today. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard and want to help keep the recording light on, simply go to patreon.com forward slash BSW the podcast and sign up to be a supporter of the show. Your episodic tithes of a dollar or more will give you access to the patron feed, unaired conversations, early access to each episode, and much more. For the latest events, BSW swag, and a peek behind the scenes, head on over to the show's ever-evolving webpage at thebiblesayswhat.com. The Bible Says What the book is out. Head on over to thebiblesayswhat.com and get yourself and your grandma a signed copy. Thanks to the cosmic powers of the internet, it is now possible to buy me a beer or coffee online. Simply go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash BSW the podcast and click the appropriate buttons. If you can't support the show monetarily, please like, share, and or leave a review. As always, you can find me at the Bible Says What Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or Instagram pages. You can also reach me at bswthepodcast at gmail.com. And no matter which platform you use to listen to your podcasts, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on the next episode. Until then, would you kindly pick up your Bibles and read them?
lotus flower. Zoroaster, a human living in ancient Middle East, received a vision in which a spiritual entity told him that there is only one deity, and this deity's name is Araha Ahura Ahura. Aster, a human living in the ancient Middle East, received a vision in which a spiritual entity told him that there is only one deity, and his name is Arahu Mazda. Arahu, Araha, Ahura. Come on, man. 